Hi, this is Pastor Craig. Thank you for tuning in for the latest episode of my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. You can contact us at studyhiswordministries at yahoo.com. Thanks again. Good morning. This is Pastor and Bible Teacher Craig Heilman. Welcome to Study His Word, the radio ministry of New Hope Christian Ministries of Mount Gilead, Ohio. We are an independent Bible teaching ministry committed to bringing the clear and accurate teaching of God's Word to you. This morning, we continue with another study in our series from the book of Ephesians. If you would like to hear previous studies in this series, please visit our website, www.newhopemg.org. So now, grab your coffee and Bible, and let's get started. Ephesians 1, 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times He might gather together one in all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him." Starts out here in verse 7, he says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the richness of his grace. Turn back to Romans chapter 3, please. Verse 24, Paul says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We see that, first of all, it is free. We see that word redemption. That's translated from the Greek word apolutrosis or apolutrosis. My Greek's not that good. Apolutrosis. That Greek word apolutrosis means ransom in full. For instance, somebody's kidnapped and you pay the ransom. You pay the price to get that person back. The concept here being ransom in full, the purchase, buy back to be set free. That's the purpose of our redemption is we are purchased, we are bought back to be set free. And what are we being set free from? Sin. Our sinful nature. Um, He talks here about, he says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And yes, we do have the forgiveness of sins, but the whole idea is it's much more than just the forgiveness of our sins. It includes the being set free from our sin. Even though we as Christians still do sin, our life isn't governed by sin. If you think about your life before you were saved compared to your life now, you should be able to see a big difference in your life before you were saved being governed by sin, being living in sin and it ruling your life. As as a believer, we're free from that bondage. Um, We're set free from that. And even though we still sin, our life isn't governed by our sin, and we aren't led by our sin. When I look at my own life, I got saved in 1997. I was 38 years old. My entire life was governed and ruled by sin, which I didn't even realize it at the time, but it was. And I had to get to a point where I was at that point of desperation in my life that there was no hope for me. I mean, my life was a train wreck. And, you know, to the point that I was, you know, facing criminal charges and everything. I mean, that's how much of a train wreck my life was. 
and I had been feeling drawn to go to a church, and I hadn't been in a church in 20 years, but I was feeling drawn to go to the church. And it was by being in that church, by hearing the gospel message, that I was able to realize that my only hope was in Christ, that I had to have that faith, I had to believe that he had the answer to my sin problem. And, you know, Scripture tells us, tells us in Romans that it's by the gospel, it's by the word that we're saved. So I, I say all that just to say that Paul's talking about redemption here. We're, we're redeemed from our sinful nature so that it's not running our life and controlling our life. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most highly place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And that's kind of the whole point here. The picture of Israel and their sacrificing on a regular basis of animals on the altar was a picture of what was to come. They sacrificed animals because there needed to be innocent blood shed for them to be forgiven of their sins, but it wasn't permanent, and they had to do it on a regular basis. And that's, what, that's the point that's being made here, is that when Christ came as the high priest, by his shedding of the blood, once and for all, the sins were forgiven. Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. And that's how it is. That's how it works. All that we need is supplied to us by Christ, from God, through Christ, and, it, and it's, it's all of his riches that he's able to give us, supplies all of our needs. Verse 8, which he made, this would be the, according to the riches of his grace, verse 8, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Drop down to verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And then drop down to verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So what he's talking about here in verse 8 of Ephesians there is that he's made a bound to us all wisdom and all prudence. And as it explains in Corinthians there, it's the wisdom of the things of God that we're given. It's not worldly knowledge that anybody can have, but it's wisdom of the spiritual things that we can have. That word wisdom is the knowledge um, that we gain. And then it says in there, and prudence, because Knowledge is only half the equation. Prudence is the other half of the equation. And what prudence is, is that's the ability to know the situation, to use the knowledge that applies in that situation. 
for an appropriate purpose. And let me explain that. Let me give you a, a classic example. Of, well, it's not classic, but a perfect example that happened to me this week at work. An individual here at our work wanted to engage me in a discussion relating to religious practices. He was coming from the standpoint, he's an unbeliever, understand that. He's an unbeliever. He's coming from the standpoint that he has problems with, you know, the Catholic Church and a lot of the things that they teach in the Catholic Church. And he made the comment that they, the Catholic Church t- changed the times for people to get together from Saturday to Sunday. That they, and that the Catholic Church changed it to Sundays to suit their own purposes and going on and on and on and on and on. And he said, but if you look, like the only religion in the world where they haven't changed due to cultural pressures is the Jews. They follow the Ten Commandments, they recognize the Sabbath, and they still get together on Saturday. But all these other religions changed according to culture, and the Catholic Church changed it to Sunday. Now, I made the comment to him that, well, you got to understand, before there was an organized Catholic Church, the first Christians did start meeting on Sundays for a specific reason. And he's like, well, but the church made it official. Now, at this point, this, this is where prudence comes in. Because I, as a believer, could spend the next three hours showing him all the scriptures about, you know, the, the Jews meeting on Saturday and why they met on Saturday. And I could show him all the scriptures about when Christians met and when Christians should meet, but he's not going to have the wisdom behind it to understand. It simply becomes a debate over Scripture. I draw on this from my own experience as an atheist. For 20 years as an atheist who didn't believe that there was a God and thought I knew the reason why there was a God, I would be happy to engage anybody in any kind of discussion they wanted to. The problem was they couldn't change my mind because I didn't have the same wisdom that they had. And obviously, I couldn't change their mind. So it simply just becomes a debate back and forth where both parties walk away and nothing has changed. The only way that you can handle those situations is it has to start at the cross. It does us no good to debate well, we, it's a, we can meet on Sundays or we can meet on Wednesdays because Paul says, you know, don't let anybody judge you for what day is your Sabbath or your holy days. You know, but you're going to be arguing back, Scripture, Scripture, back and forth, back and forth. It always has to start at the cross because as an unbeliever, they're not going to have the wisdom to understand what's in Scripture when they haven't even reached the point yet of understanding why they need Christ. I mentioned a few minutes ago about how I got saved when I was 38 because I reached that point where I understood that my life was a train wreck and there was no hope for me. And by hearing the gospel repeatedly and repeatedly, I came to realize that my only hope was through faith in Jesus Christ. The prudence that goes with the wisdom is knowing that we can debate and we can debate and we can have spiritual knowledge But prudence tells us when to use it. And anytime we get ourselves into debates with unbelievers, it always has to start at the cross. Or you always have to get to the cross. Because all the other stuff, there's no foundation for people to understand if they haven't gotten to that point yet. The cross. The understanding that 
There has to be a price paid for my sin, the understanding that I live a life governed by sin, and the only remedy for that is a sufficient sacrifice, that be the blood of Christ. There has to be a belief, a faith, that Christ is sufficient to deal with my problem. And that's what it is at the cross. And that's where it all has to start. Because outside of that, there's not a foundation for understanding spiritual matters. That's what Paul's saying here. So God has made that abound to us, all wisdom and all prudence. Verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he purposed in himself. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. In closing, Paul says, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. Verse 26, but now made manifest. Okay? So back in Ephesians, verse 9, he says, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Again, it's that mystery. It's that salvation would be offered to the Gentiles, that now it would be the God's plan is now available to anybody who's outside the nation of Israel. You didn't have to be a Jew. And that is the mystery that Paul writes about repeatedly, because that plan, which had been kept secret since the beginning of time, was now made manifest, and it was revealed through Paul. Um, According to his good pleasure, his good pleasure, referring to God's good pleasure, it is totally determined by God. It, It has nothing to do with what man does. God isn't guided by my actions or your actions or anybody else's actions. It's strictly his good pleasure, what he has already determined he is going to do. And, he, and he's purposed it in himself. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Who has saved, that would be God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Again, God's already determined what God's already going to do. It's His plan, it's His purpose, and it's not dependent on what we do. It's strictly through God's grace and mercy that we are allowed to benefit from His grace and mercy, strictly as He determined it to be. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. The completion of time says that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, times, the completion of time, when all saved people are finally brought all together, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, at some point in time we're all going to be brought together. And it will be at that essentially the end of the grace period, but it will be the end of all the times. There's references this to this in Revelation chapter 20 as it talks about. The end times. It talks about um, you know the thousand year reign of Christ. It talks about when then there's the new earth. This is what Paul's talking about here. It's when it all be brought together, all will be brought in Christ. Those which are on earth and those which are um, in the heavens. And he says here he mentions that fullness. Turn to Galatians chapter four. 
4, verse 4, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of, as sons. And there Paul's talking about the fullness of time Christ was born. Here when he's talking about in the fullness of the times we'll all be brought together. The whole idea there being that it's on God's timetable. And it's already predetermined, but it is on his timetable. And when it was the appropriate time, Christ was born. When it is going to be the appropriate time, Christ will come the second time. When it's going to be the appropriate time, all believers will be redeemed and brought together and everything. It's always in God's timetable. Colossians chapter uh, 1, verses 19 and 20. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. There again, Paul's just talking about how God is going to bring it all together through Christ, using Christ to just, in the fullness of time, reconcile all things, bring peace. Bring it all together. Verses 11 and 12. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. But the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So in verse 11, he says, we in him, we also have obtained an inheritance. This inheritance is what Paul was talking about in Romans. If, if we are children of God, which as a believer we are, we are made heirs, and, and this is what we are going to inherit, because that's what an heir does. An heir inherits it. And so that's the privilege that is bestowed upon believers, is you're made an heir. You're, you're put in line to receive this inheritance. It's not available to everyone. It's only to those that are heirs, which are children of God. It says, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of, of will. And we talked about this predestined last week. Uh, just, it just means predetermined. It's what God predetermined to do long before any of us were born. We were chosen by His good will for His good purposes. We were predestined uh, a long time ago. It says before the foundations of the earth. And it's, and it's according to the counsel of His will. Turn to Isaiah chapter 46. Verses 9 and 10, God is speaking. He says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Not all things are done, but yet he's already determined, he's already decided, and... It's according to his pleasure and his decisions, his counsel. Again, it goes back to God doesn't react to what we do. 
It's already, it's according to how he is going to do it. You know, it's interesting because Israel, it's often referred to as a type or it's a picture. It's, it's a little example of the big things to come. For instance, Israel was given land by God. It was given to them. They were assigned to it. That was theirs. And we can see throughout the Old Testament how God protected them in that land, and they were able to keep it. We see uh, so that the, the land they were given, the manner in which they were given it, and things that they did, the, the religious rituals that they did, and the blessings they received were all predetermined by God, but it was a smaller picture of what was yet to come. Our land has been given to us. That's our future in heaven, predetermined by God. That's reserved for us, and that's ours. We don't have to perform the religious rites and things that they did, Israel, but yet through his grace, we can receive all the spiritual blessings. Just as through their performance, they could receive physical and spiritual blessing, we can get through God's grace all the spiritual blessings. So Israel was a type or a picture of God's program that was yet to come, which is now here. Verse 12, uh, where Paul says, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Second, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. And Paul says back in 12, Ephesians 12, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. And what Paul is saying here is that praise be to God because we Jews were first chosen by God to believe in the gospel and that we could then be used as the messengers to deliver this plan to the Gentiles because it is a plan for the Gentiles to be brought into the family of God and the first people that were saved were Jews. And that's, what Paul, that's exactly what Paul's here saying, that, that we who trusted first in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. That, that brings praise and glory to God because God was able to use the Jews to bring his message to the Gentiles. And the ultimate result of that is to the glory of God. James chapter 1, verse 18, James says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. That's what James is saying here. By his own will, he brought us, the Jews, more or less as a first fruit. This new plan of salvation that's being offered to, the, to Gentiles, these Jews were chosen to be the first recipients of that. Um, he says it's like a kind of a first fruit of his creatures. Verse 13, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Paul says here, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. John chapter 1 verse 17, 
For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So again, this is, as Paul says, the word of truth. That is Christ. Thank you for listening to Study His Word radio broadcast. Study His Word radio broadcasts are brought to you by New Hope Christian Ministries of Mount Gilead, Ohio. For information regarding our Sunday evening Bible studies and other ministries, please visit our website at newhopemg.org. Please join us next week at this same time on this radio station for another broadcast. Thanks again for listening. Please make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you will not miss a single episode of our podcast. Have a great day.